Welcome to the Tech Sales Show, where we are dedicated to making you a better tech seller, sharing tried and true sales strategies and answering your questions weekly. Hey, hey, Bobby. What's up, Brian? Well, today we have yet another listener's choice. This is called Don't Let the Tiger in the Cave. Uh, Bobby, this came out of a one-on-one I had with somebody on on my board, or I should say I'm on their board. Uh, this is somebody that I we have frequent one-on-ones with and kind of talk through their career and their goals and so forth. And one of, it, one of our conversations ended up talking about kind of general anxiety. And this is something that I am really... Um, it's something that really pops up heavy for me. I know, Bobby, over the years that you and I have talked about this a lot, I think it's pretty common for a lot of high performers. I think what makes us successful also can drive us crazy. This is something that you dealt with too, is that right? No doubt. And I think it's almost comical that people, when you do talk to them about this, they don't believe it. They, I guess they see me a lot different than I see me, and they don't think that I have any low self-esteem or that I have any anxiety problems or anything, but... I think it. I think it's the drive to succeed that perfectionism and all these things that are wound around this really do make you always doubt yourself. And, and that self negative talk is is a lot of what we're going to talk about today. Yeah, it, you're right. It does manifest itself in a number of different ways. Uh, it can it can result in depression, anxiety, lack of confidence, any number of areas. And it um, there are times. Where I do really, I mean, there's probably a six month period, Bobby, where you and I were talking about this a lot. We were reading, I think we read three or four books on this uh, as well, just trying to analyze and be better students of our brain and understand like what was it that was driving us so crazy. And I think more concerning for me was if I fix this, is it going to impact my sales? Like, is my career going to be impacted? Because is what drives me crazy also what makes me successful? And I think. I've been able to answer that question with an emphatic no. I do want to emphasize that none of this is medical advice. That's probably really obvious. But if you are suffering from um, depression, man, there's all kinds of amazing help out there and very talented people um, that can give you great advice one-on-one. If it's just general anxiety and something you want to talk about, I would be more more than happy to jump on the phone or grab breakfast with you if you're in the North Texas area. But uh, please don't mistake this as medical advice because there are serious um, anxiety things that should be looked at by a professional. No doubt. And at one point, I did talk to a doctor about it, not not from the mental aspect, my primary care physician, because I really thought what might help me was like Adderall or some ADD medicine that would slow my brain down, you know, let me focus. And she actually had experience with other sales reps who had asked for similar things that she did prescribe it to them and they were miserable. So I think it is part of what drives us, but it it is also what destroys me. I destroy myself on a daily, weekly basis on not being good enough. I haven't achieved enough. I haven't accomplished enough. And it just, it just continues to grow. Um, And it is self-induced. Once you learn to control it, it is a lot easier to to manage. So today we're going to talk about five strategies to attack this um, general or career anxiety um, the third point, I think, is the is the gold nugget. This was the most effective for me. Hopefully, it's effective for you all listening. If you if you do uh, suffer from this, so Bobby, the um, this this really occurred to me all the way up until my time at Sparkhound. So 
Uh, for those that I've worked with, they'll know that's probably been seven years ago, six years ago uh, that I worked there. So this is a recent discovery for me. What what would how this would manifest itself is it would for me it would typically be like um, a late night all the way till about four or five a.m. in the morning. So I'd wake up in this panic, and if I if I didn't wake up in a panic, I woke up and it turned into a panic uh, to where I was concerned about. I always used to say it was my top 10 list that I was concerned about. And number one could be a very real thing that I would be worried about. Or number one on that list could be a nothing thing that I shouldn't at all be worried about. But it was just my mind was formulating a list that I needed to solve and I needed to address. And of course, I think we all know that if you're not sleeping well, then you're not performing well during the day. And it just... um, there's all kinds of gray matter studies about what lack of sleep does to your brain and it doesn't help. And I, what happened, it was, it would kind of compile and on itself. And I think that led to uh, probably a lot of the reasons I left spark is I couldn't, I couldn't ever solve it. And those things would continue to, uh, to, to manifest and grow in me, uh, that, that ultimately led to me seeking a change, you know, like trying to break myself free of that. And if you're, if you're listening and think some of that sounds familiar, I'm sure we've all been up, stayed up at night. You know, you get in bed, you can't stop thinking about something and you you just can't sleep because you're trying to think, how am I going to get this done? I would say still today, um, I, if I struggle to fall asleep like that, I normally either struggle to fall asleep or when I wake up, I think about this list of to-dos, right? And normally it's Monday, the weekend's come and gone and I think, oh my gosh, we got to record podcasts. I got to do something with fly school. I got this, 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 and this. All these things are late. They're late. And I, I've learned to tell myself that none of it is as, as time sensitive or as important as I'm making it out to be. Mm. It's just I want to get it done. And I, quite frankly, if you think about the average people, average reps around you, they're not worried about this stuff because they don't they don't have the pressure to do it. They don't have the pressure to succeed at the same level, et cetera, that some of the high performers listening do. But it's always comical that when I get somewhere and I sit down and I get my work going, by 10 a.m. on Monday, I'm looking for new work to do. Like the the, the things that I was like, oh, my God, I'm never going to get it all done today, really don't take that much effort to get moving in the right direction, to delegate, to, to pass off or I'm always surprised. So I've I've learned, I think, after six, seven years of working on it, that it's not that big of a deal. Nothing's that time sensitive. And I can exhale and breathe. And that really is the first bullet. It's analyzing the fear and tackling the root cause. So in your case, you've got a lot of balls in the air. You own a flight school. Uh, You got a podcast that's growing, um, doing a lot of training and um, daughter in college and son hitting high school and like the, you know, the root cause was, I don't want to let any of these balls fall. And, um, and the, the fear is those balls falling. At least it was for me. It was like, I've got a consultant that's going to hit the bench. That's going to be cost and money. And it's going to impact my, my profit and loss statement as a, as a partial owner of the company at Sparkhound. And man, I, I got a treadmill of projects, one project's finishing, one starting. And, um, to me, it was really difficult to manage that. Um, and when it was just a general sales job, when I was an account executive, it was, I had a good year last year. What if last year was an anomaly? Okay, I had another good year. Okay, what if the last two years were an anomaly? What if it was a lucky economic situation to where Dallas just happened to be outperforming the Tulsa market or the LA market? 
And so the number one step here is analyzing the fear and tackling the root cause. What is, what is, what are you afraid of? Like what is causing you to be afraid of this too? You afraid you might lose your job? Like, has it been a down sales year? Are you afraid that you're not going to get a certain promotion? It's really worth sitting down. I know you're really good at this, Bobby is, is journaling and I've, I've started to get better at it. I try to do it now monthly. It's where I can, I can look back at the month and say, what, what did I learn this month? And I try to think about the deals, the customers, the people that I worked with. What did I learn this month? And I try to make it more macro learning that I can look back and reflect on. Um, but I, that's really the first step, analyzing the fear uh, and, and tackling what that root cause of that fear is. And when you mentioned some books that we did read, and I think we've talked about some of these in the past, and I'll mm-hmm. throw out a few. I've made some notes here, but... You know, ego is the enemy, one, the one that jumps to my mind right now. And it, it is talking about that this this opportunity that sits in front of you that you're worried about really is some of the opportunity you have to go right through it and not slow yourself down, right? Uh, and we talk about meditating and journaling and all these things, but, you know, we all strive for these opportunities and we, we need to go, go through um, – through the through the through the wall, I guess is the right way to put it, right? Yeah. And not be afraid of these things because most of what we're worried about is what I wanted. Um, I'm putting the pressure on myself, right? Yeah, and it's it's not you know the, growing up you always you always hear oh trust me people aren't ever worrying about you as much as you're worrying about their perception of you and this is this is right in that wheelhouse I, I think one thousand percent yeah uh, so the second one is what are the positive things in your life? This is another one that you're you're really good at. Um, and it's something I'm better at. I, 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 in fact, it's crazy. I just did this two weeks ago. I, I sat down and wrote down 20 things that are really positive in my life and what I'm thankful about, both, you know, faith and family and, and just, you know, having gainful employment and that kind of stuff as well. And journaling about those things, whether it's making a list or making a journal, uh, and we've had this, a number of guests have come on the podcast and they talk about what your why is. And I think that's also something really clear to be uh, you know, thoughtful about. Like, why why is it that you put yourself through this? And if you can't come up with any good reasons, this is a tough, a tough profession to, to not have a good why for. There are easier professions, even if that reason why I'm doing this, why am I choosing this role... Even if it's something as simple as, look, I, I want to make enough money to support this or that or my family or that, that's okay. I, I think that if, if, if we're being honest, I think that's why a lot of people get into technology sales. Uh, it's it, you know it's intellectually stimulating, of course, but um, the fact is you can find in, in, uh, intellectually stimulating books if that's the only thing that's driving you. Yeah, to this point, I think. Uh, I've not always been good at it and I still struggle to celebrate, man. I, I, I recognize the good and then I'm like right to the next accomplishment. What am I going <laughs> to yeah. try and go out and do today? And what, what designation on my pilot certificate can I add? And it's just go, 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 go. It's not like I can't just stop, man. And that's probably something inside of me. But at the same time, I, I did, I did start journaling pretty, pretty regularly. And it was more a combination of trying to figure out what's going on in my head and then trying to get fit, which was one of those hundreds of times, and I'm in one of those cycles right now where I'm not eating real food except for dinner time. 
But to that point, there, there was a book I stumbled on at Target. If you live anywhere near a Target, uh, I've looked for this book at other means, and it's three times as much anywhere but Target, but it's a book called Fit Happens, F-I-T Happens, and I guess it's a play on the words there, but what it, it's really two pages, and one, the, one, the left side of it uh, is what you do in the morning and afternoon, and the first three lines are what are the three things you're thankful for, and you'll be really surprised how quick you run out of ideas. Um, and so, I mean, obviously you're going to say wife and kids and parents are still alive and faith and family and all those things, but you end up writing that down for four or five days in a row. You're like, golly, this is getting kind of shallow. And so I actually Googled things to be thankful for. And, uh, cause I gotta be methodical about this stuff. And I did, I found long lists of things that I don't think about anymore. Like, we were talking about air conditioning before we started recording. Do you know how many people in America right now are living in a climate above 90 degrees and don't have air conditioning? How many people are driving around in a car right now that don't have air conditioning? Um, how about a pillow? How about a pillow to sleep on? Never yeah. mind the fact that I've got a $120 Tempur-Pedic pillow that I sleep on. <laughs> you know, I mean, what are we thankful for? It doesn't have to be the big ones, right? It can be my health. Some days I write down, I'm thankful that I have legs, like, cause I know people, one of our guests is on the podcast, Greg McCrabb, a friend of ours was paralyzed. He would kill, kill to have yeah. his legs working again. Right. And I think we do get th- those of us that are high performers and want to be great. We forget, man, we got a lot of good already that we don't have to go get right and uh it's interesting so fit happens is is one that helped me start thinking about all the little things life's pretty freaking good it really is i know there's a lot of conversation about the top one percent and it's worth there are a lot of good websites out there that will put in perspective we we demonize the one percent in a lot of ways and we'll put things very quickly into perspective. Even if you're in your first year in sales, you are in the top 1% globally. No doubt. Yeah. Um, and we're probably, I mean, just think if you're listening to this podcast right. and you're on either an Android phone or an iPhone, you probably have a phone that costs over 800 bucks. You might not have paid that. It's right. probably a payment plan or you got it when you sign up for service or whatever, but you're listening to this on an $800 mobile device. That's not, that's not normal people. Okay, the third one is uh, is what solved it for me. I'm not going to suggest that's going to solve this for everybody, but it was incredibly impactful for me, and it was chasing the fear all the way through every time. So I'll give you an example. So Bobby, the the number one thing that would come up for me why don't we why don't we um, talk about uh, days at Microsoft? I, I returned back to Microsoft. I was covering large enterprise for for Dynamics CRM. Uh, if you're covering large enterprise, it means you probably have a fewer quantity of customers and you're going to be somewhat dependent on, uh, you know, the market, the economic environment. Um, you're going to be, you know, you're competing against the big guys. So Microsoft versus, uh, let's say Salesforce, Salesforce owns the CRM market. So it's uphill. And I, I've had as, as I know, many, many of our listeners have, I'd had a lot of success in sales. Uh, year over year over year. And I, when I stepped into this role, I was super nervous about, can I continue the success? Or was, was that just a flash in the pan? Like you, how quickly you can dismiss eight years of 
of hitting your quota for, uh, you know, mm-hmm. when you, when you start that new fiscal year with your new quota and I'd wake up in the morning and, um, you know, 3am, 4am, I was panicked about, oh my gosh, well, I got this one deal. This one deal could close in this quarter. That's going to put me a little bit ahead, but man, these three other deals I'm working, they, they may not close. And, you know, I've only got nine months left in the year to get to my number. Am I doing the right things? Am I pro anyhow, you get the point. I hope, you know, probably half the listeners have had this kind of wake up kind of concern. And what I, what I found the most effective way to, to kill this for me was to uh, chase the fear all the way through every single time. So Bobby, I would do it as simple as, okay, my fear, the number one thing on my list was I'm going to miss quota this year. That was what I was most concerned about. I was kind of analyzing the fear and the root cause. It wasn't about the money piece because of course I want to make a lot of money, but um, you know, and hit my quota and everything. But I was afraid that if I missed my quota, then it could compromise my employment at Microsoft, which of course is ludicrous, right? It's a long game that a lot of these companies are playing. So the, the chase all the way through for me was I missed my number. That's the first step that happens. That's the worst outcome. I uh, Microsoft gives me you know one more year, X number more months, whatever the case may be, right? Um, okay, so that means I basically from today, I have one year to get things in order before they let me go. Okay, what happens if I don't get things in order for that one year? I still have... A, you know, a good company on my resume. I still have a track record of performance. I could very easily explain a challenging sales performance in a year, right? Okay, well, what if I couldn't explain a challenging year performance to any company in the tech industry across South Tola, you know, like across Texas, Oklahoma, Louisiana, and Arkansas? We're getting even more ludicrous now. I've, I lost my job. I can't find a job in the tech industry. Now what do I go do? Like, so... The point of it was is the the anomalies get more and more ridiculous as you chase this all the way down to the point to where I could calm myself down. I could get my blood pressure reduced to the point to where I'd say, okay, I lost my job. I burned through my savings. I can't find another job. I still have a wonderful family. I'll be able to hug my son every morning. Nothing can take that away, period. Yeah, I don't know that your example will necessarily resonate with everybody because others have missed their number, Brian. I know you don't believe no, that. No, yeah, yeah. So, you know, but I mean, the people listening are probably like, wow, that's like intense. I'm just worried about if I'm going to be able to have a meeting this week. But but the story's the same. If you're listening and, and you resonate or don't resonate with that, the thought process is what what are you worried about? Do you, do you even know what you're worried about? And do you think about what worst case scenario is? Uh, I've listened to a lot of Tim Ferriss. People have heard me talk about Tim Ferriss a lot. There, there's a lot of things he talks about as it relates to just how bad can it really get. And and supposedly, I'm not sure if I believe him, but on a quarterly basis or so, he dresses in ragged jeans and a T-shirt and eats canned beans for three days. So probably in his $4 million house in Austin. But the but it, he really tries to see how bad would life be if I didn't have a cell phone and all I did was eat canned beans, Right. That the homeless, literally homeless, eating canned beans. Um, I don't think we all know still how good our lives would be if we had our health, had our limbs, had all that stuff. So I like this example of chasing it all the way through because most of us will realize we still got it pretty good if what we think is worst case scenario happens. Yeah, and that that was an extreme scenario. So take the example that you said with the meeting. Maybe you got an important executive meeting that's crucial to a deal, right? 
very realistic scenario that you probably come up across every couple weeks if you're in sales. And, and you're like, you're not, you know, you wake up and you're in a panic and you're nervous about it. Maybe it manifests all day long for you. Like in that scenario, chase it all the way through. All right. You bomb the meeting. Like you fail that meeting to epic proportions. Okay. Now what happens? Nothing happens. Mm, okay. What yeah. if, what if you, what if in two more weeks you bomb another meeting? What happens? You lose your job. Well, you're thinking you're going to get fired and be homeless, right? Right. In your if in your in your in your monkey brain, probably you're probably thinking like this is it. Yep. So we're talking about a span of time to where a lot of corrections can be made, and I think that's the point of it: is chase it all the way through. And when you realize how ridiculous the outcomes of these of this worst case scenario is, it took for me at least it took a lot of pressure off off of outcomes that sometimes aren't controllable. A meeting with an executive for a company you're prospecting into, you don't know their personality or maybe you do and maybe it's variable. You don't you you can prepare as much as you want for that and you should prepare as much as you can for it. But you can't necessarily control the outcome of that meeting. And it could go bad and it could be out of your control. But by chasing it all the way through the ends, I think you'll be able to put yourself a bit at ease as to what the ultimate outcome might be. Agreed. And again, I'll say some of those things that really seemed bad in my sales career, executive cancels meeting right before meeting happens, turned into really good stuff because then they felt guilty. I got another meeting. It went longer. They, you know, I don't think they ever felt obligated to buy, but it, it is true that when bad things happen, they can turn into good things, right? So yeah. don't, I guess even one of your chasing it through steps could be what good could come from this, right? Cause it, it really could be good. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Um, so fourth point is to take care of yourself. Bobby, you hit the nail on the head earlier with the, on the fitness piece, uh, with the recommendation there, which we'll include in the show notes. Um, Thursday rule, Bobby, we're to pull back the curtain for the listeners. We're recording this on a Thursday. Um, this, uh, that means I did, Brian slept in today. <laughs> I 100% did. Now I usually wake up at about, 5.30 in the morning, 4.45 to 5.30 in the morning. Uh, I've had a stressful week, and today I slept in till 7.15, and it was glorious. Like, I uh, I crashed hard last night, and, uh, man, I woke up at 7.15 refreshed and ready to go. This, uh, this Thursday thing, I know it seems silly, but I've had a ton of people reach out to me to say that they're doing this. Whenever they're having a tough week, they're blocking off their calendar on Thursday morning and taking a little bit slower start. Um, and you know, of course there are customer meetings that get in the way of this, all that kind of good stuff. I fully understand that this Thursday happened to be a pretty relaxed Thursday for me. And maybe it's not Thursday, depending on your role and Mm -hmm. what your cycles are and what your schedule looks like. I think, I think what Brian's saying is take care of yourself and, and find time to do something like that, to refresh, reload. Um, you'll be surprised what it'll do. Um, I'd say the food and fitness are big. We, Lots of us struggle with it. Some of you might not struggle with it, but the the finding time to to be fit is really key. Um, sometimes that could be playing a sport with your friends or or really exercising for fitness and and endurance that sort of stuff. But I would say the food's the killer for me, or has been in the past. Right? I just as sales reps, we get the opportunity to eat at great places all the time, and it's hard not to indulge in every case and maybe overdo it a little bit with the alcohol and and. It just it it can be tough, but 
a lot of that stuff wears you down. It, it does make your mental state a little foggy and makes you a little foggy. So you'd be surprised what a little bit. I mean, I'm not saying you got to be Brian Evans because that cat works out every day. But if you just do a little bit of effort, you'd be surprised how much of a difference it'll make in your mind and in your in your work style. It has momentum, I think. You know, it's one okay. of those things to where. Um, so I, I always like a secret there. We've talked about this in previous podcasts, but a secret there is to put some sort of event on your calendar. Um, buy it. Like if it's a, if it's a 10 K go buy the 10 K for if you're, if your aim is to get yourself fit kind of over the fall and the, in the winter, uh, sign up for a 10 K in January. There are hundreds of them when the new year starts of, of 10 K runs. So go sign up for one and have something on your calendar out there for 200 bucks. You can get a coach, um, up, you know, and more, you know, there are coaches that will do a ton for you. Uh, I've got great recommendations on people that are in our industry that can add a lot back to your week, month, year, um, by hiring a coach. I have one that ha- uses a Google sheet, which I love. He updates it every Saturday, Sunday. He sends a survey out to me on Saturday. I fill it out to let him know how the past week went. If I've got to travel, he, I put my travel on the Google sheet he schedules it all around my travel and we're talking $200 a month. And for me, it, it is one less thing I can kind of push off my plate. And some of you might hear $200 being like a lot of money and maybe it is to you, but you can also find a training plan. So, uh, there's tons of free training plans for your first 10 K that'll help you work back free apps on all mobile devices to go from couch to 10 K uh, that are free and maybe some paid for services there. But if you have the money, do what you want your people that you're selling to to do is to give you that 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 check. Right, go go spend the money and get the help. It'll it'll blow your mind how much accountability it will add to your game. There there is something very fulfilling of putting done on the tasks that he assigns to me on a on a weekly basis. The workouts and. And he checks in with me as these all these coaches do a f- fantastic job. I've got great recommendations there if I can uh, if I can help you reach out. Um, but it builds momentum, and you'll you'll knock out that 10k, and you'll you'll make note of that time. And maybe it's a maybe it's a small bike, you know, little events, or maybe it's a um, you know mountain bike event, or it's a run or whatever. There are so many ways to get fit and uh, events to help drive your training around to. Uh, to help challenge you. And I, I tell you, it's made a big professional improvement for me. Um, uh, just to have something like on the schedule and to, um, to feel better, to wake up feeling healthy. And uh, it's made a big impact on me. Yeah. And I'd say from a fat guy who didn't ever thought he'd run anything uh, or ride anything. When I started to turn 40 a half dozen years ago, I started to really think, Oh, I got to do something. And I think we both, start, we yeah. both started running together, but you know, I got a wall full of medals now behind me that are 10 K's and the half marathons and marathon and triathlons. And, uh, I, I have to have something on my calendar or I will give up and quit because I need that push. So great call out. And finally talk it out is the last one. Uh, so the first one was analyze the fear and tackle the root cause. The second one was what are the positive things in your life? The third was chase the fear all the way through every time. Don't, don't ever let this thing like grow and change and morph. Chase that fear through all the way. And if it's multiple fears, chase all those fears all the way through. Um, and, and let it end with 
<laughs> as extreme as this sounds, let it end with you losing your job. Now what? I still got my family. I still got my friends. Fourth was take care of yourself. And fifth, again, was talk it out. And that's with, we, you know, we talk about this can be a board. This could be a good friend. This could be family. This could be peers. This could be any number of people that you have and you trust to, to talk it out. Because sometimes while we, we jumped on the first one, which was analyze the fear and tackle the root cause, as if that's easy to do, sometimes it's not easy to do. And sometimes somebody with an outside perspective can help see something you're not seeing. So while you're having this conversation, be open to what they're seeing the root cause to be. Because sometimes you could be blind to what it is. Well, and I think this might be the toughest of all because we are, we have this anxiety because we're worried about what others think of us to go to another person and say, Hey, I need, I want to talk this out and expose some of these anxious moments and anxious things that are going on. And that's scary. So this might be the toughest one, but you can find non-judgmental people that will hear you out and talk to you. Um, there's, there's obviously the professional help and there's some pretty cool things now on online where you can even be hidden from the people that you're talking to that are professionals that will help talk you through some stuff. But, um, reach out to somebody. I I can assure you, no one is going to be judged if you call me. So don't hesitate to pick up your phone and we can chat, send me a message on LinkedIn or something. We'll figure out a way to, to, to chat. Uh, I'm not a pro, but I'll hear you out and I won't, I won't judge you for sure. Yeah, count me in for that too. And and then finally, Bobby, it's uh, professional help. Like, man, there is. Uh, I know so many people have told me that they have found that medication has been a way that's helped them solve it. So many people have told me that a counseling session once a month or once a quarter has been really impactful for them too. Man, insurance covers this stuff a lot of times. And if, if this is a heavy thing for you, and sometimes, you know, it's a spectrum, right? Some people... This doesn't even hit their radar, and other people's deal. Other people deal with this on a daily basis. If this is on your spectrum and it's towards the daily basis, weekly basis, or whatever, think about if you could free that time up, if you could get that extra sleep, if you could not have that irrational fear. What could that do for you in your life? And, and a professional, you know, seeing a doctor or someone that uh, specializes in this could make a really make a get a lot of your time back and make you feel a lot more confidence in uh, the way you go about your daily life and profession. Yeah. I'll add one little thing to that, that the insurance is covered there and you'd be shocked. I would bet any company, if you work for a professional company that has any insurance plan at all, you probably get six partner sessions. That would be more like a counseling with a, with a, your other half. And then you probably get 12 individual sessions uh, if you need it for this type of stuff and it, it, it might be hard to make the first appointment, but you will be amazed. I have participated myself with professional help and it's not a bad thing. It's not something to be ashamed of. So, uh, don't, don't hesitate. Love it. Well, Bobby, with that, we'll wrap it up. Thanks everyone for listening again. Uh, LinkedIn messages is the, is the best way to reach me. Um, and Bobby, I'm sure that's the case for you too. So connect with us sure. on LinkedIn. If you've got any questions or want to discuss this further or just want to have a one-on-one. Thanks, everybody. Have a great one. Thanks for listening to The Tech Sales Show. Subscribe to our email list at www.techsaleshow.com and follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Tech Sales Show. Until next week, average is the enemy.